0: What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy, Strong, Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today, we had Lauren Cadillac on, who is a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and certified personal trainer. And this was her second time on the What the Actual Fork podcast. And if you have not already, you're definitely going to want to, especially after today, because we reference it, go back and listen to her episode from season one, where she tells her whole story about going from bodybuilding to intuitive eating.
1: This episode was really fun. Like Lauren just has a very electric personality and we all... Click so well, but I think we're all in particularly good moods today, and it really showed in this episode.
0: <laughs> I agree. It was like, if you're ready, it's like you want a lighthearted laugh, and like laughing, it's great, but it also has like really, really, really important things for the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, as well as just like prepping you for not only Thanksgiving Day, but any. Literally any holiday in the upcoming months where you're, or social event where you're going to be surrounded by family, loved one and foods.
1: This is definitely one of those episodes that if you do have a notebook or if you use your phone or scrap pieces of paper, napkins, whatever you do, um, you might want a pen and something to write on because we do share a lot of really good takeaways. Like Sam said, there's action items and we know that you guys are looking for more of that education sometimes and things that you can take away from these episodes and we delivered today.
0: Yes. So without further ado, here is Lauren. Lauren today we have somebody who is back for their second time. They were on season one. Now they're back for season two. We have registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, Lauren Cadillac, otherwise known as feel good dietitian. Thank you so much for being here again with us, Lauren. Woo!
2: Thank you for having me again. I'm excited to chat. Yeah. Uh, like a party. Like we needed like
1: the clapping, like the clapping yeah. hands to go off. Yeah. So, like, totally. to
0: <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like all three of us are slap happy right now. Like we're in this. I just ate like, like lunch. Maybe that's it. Just like post lunch, like chilling. We're all excited to be together. Yeah. Um, so and state had no, no, just kidding. We had a
1: terrible loss this weekend. I was like, gonna be like, we had a big win. No, just kidding.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, did lose? But... I didn't even watch. I'm the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever, guys. It's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a curveball that we did not talk about before we started recording, and that Jen and I talked about like yes. very briefly on a voice memo. But you are going to be the first. We can drum roll it that we're gonna ask this question. So for the What the Actual Fork podcast with the name What the Actual Fork, um, kind of reminds us of What the Actual Fuck, right? Like someone mm-hmm. saying that. Yeah. So we want to know from you, Lauren. It could be like the most memorable one that's ever happened to you, or it could be something that you literally just saw five minutes before scrolling on TikTok. Give us something <laughs> diet culture <laughs> that happened to you, or that you read, or that you saw whether it was a day ago, a week ago, or in your lifetime that made you just stop and say, what's the actual fork? Like,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like my entire time in the bodybuilding industry, like reflecting back on that experience and thinking about how coaches who are most often, uh, oftentimes male coaches were telling like women what they should be eating, how much they should be Um, working out what their body should look like. Um, I mean, I remember I had a coach who said something to me that was like, what the actual fork, like I was really self-conscious about being constipated before going out on stage because he was so dehydrated and I couldn't poop. So I felt like I just like had like a little bit of a belly because whatever. And he was like, your gut's always been bigger than your butt. And just like little things like that where you're like, why is it okay for someone to just comment on my body all the time? And like, why am I paying this person? So I think my entire time in the bodybuilding industry would just be one overarching what the actual, what the actual for (laughs)
1: This is the perfect way to open up this new series on our podcast because you just set the bar really high.
0: Yes. And then for anyone who's like listening to that, i like, I want to know more about your experience in the bodybuilding industry. Go back and listen to Lauren's episode on season one of What the Actual Works, where we dig deep into that. So yes, yes. Can I just like jump in and say that
1: I had one of these moments this weekend. Actually, it was yesterday when I went to this like famous diner in New Jersey. Lauren, I think you saw this story. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like famous. They have over 250 different types of omelets on this menu. The menu is gigantic. It hasn't been updated in many moons. But they had a little box in the menu next to all these delicious things called the dietitian meal, spelled wrong. And it was spinach (laughs) with cottage cheese and Berries. And <laughs> a raspberry glaze and nuts, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, why the fuck? <laughs> what is, what is that on here? What is this combination? And yes. also, like, why are we calling it the dietitian meal? Like, this is why people hate dietitians. Like yes. they think yes. this is what we want you to eat at this delicious restaurant. I got the the Greek omelet with like extra feta and the extra everything, and it was so good. And I'm like, th- like it just like literally sat with me and my. DMs, I probably had like 60
2: people that were like what the fuck I so actual fork exactly I feel like I had so many people even when they are doing like a discovery call and they know the kind of work that I do just the idea of me being a dietitian because I think so many people have gone to dietitians in the past and have recommended things like cottage cheese and raspberry or whatever that is. And, and there's like spinach. <laughs> <"Infinage,"> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like this reaction of like, oh, these are, you know, this person's going to basically starve me. So, yeah, yeah that, that sucks to see that.
0: Well, unfortunately, just, I think all three of us like as dietitians would have probably re- recommended that as something ones. at some point or another. So like, unfortunately, that no. makes sense why that's on there. But fortunately, True. we are all on the other side of the fence now and happy to say that we would not be recommending that at a restaurant with 250 amazing omelets.
2: Yeah, so it sounds like a terrible combination, even if I was
0: still recommending. Couscous.
2: Yes. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a different way.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> So Jenna, I'm going to pass it over to you because I know you, you and I were both stalking Lauren and we, you found this post and you wanted to call it out. So take it away with that.
1: This post stopped me in my tracks for a couple of reasons. One, because the images are just fantastic, but (laughs) I think the message is so good on this post that you posted last week, but also because I love Lauren, the way that you pair the education with the intuitive eating and anti-diet message on your page. And this one specifically, and I know today we really want to talk about the holidays and the upcoming just, maybe pressures is not the right word, but just anxiety about being in shared meal settings and, you know, family functions for some people. Um, Mm -hmm. But your post about is the scale doing more harm than good? not only do you share different scenarios and the actual just like science that happens in your body can you share just like where the inspiration for this came from and what this post like really means to you and what message you're really trying to drive home
2: i think so many people just rely on the scale to one determine their worth but also to try to like quote keep themselves in check and i think they see the scale as a tool that is helpful rather than harmful and i am sure you you've both seen in your practice when someone finally gets rid of the scale how much easier of a time they have connecting to the cues of their body because they no longer have that number in the back of their head being like oh i was up a pound this morning i was down a pound so i'm going to do this or i'm going to do that so um i think a lot of the inspiration just kind of comes from conversations that i have in my group setting and my one-on-one Conversations, um, but I really wanted to just kind of get across the point that your scale is probably actually causing more harm than you know it's actually helping you.
0: I love that. So, so simply put, but I also think that it's important to note for the holidays because when Jenna said this, I was like that. When I think back to my like heavy, disordered eating days, like for some reason, the holidays, like especially in college, if like coming home for the holidays, I would be like, oh, I'm going to air quotes be so good at home. And just like you said, like keep myself in check, heavy Mm -hmm. air quotes, Um, when really, when I would do that and try that, the opposite thing would happen because I would mm-hmm. see a number I didn't want to see or whatever it was. And then it would cause me to overeat or to binge, feel the guilt and shame, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. So mm-hmm. for anybody who with the holidays coming up with, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, all these things coming up that are like, I'm going to be good for the holidays and I'm going to keep myself in check. What would you say mm-hmm. to them?
2: I would maybe suggest they kind of look at their patterns like what has occurred in the past for them like every time they try to be quote unquote good every time they try to eat super clean quote quote like every time they try to do these things like what tends to be the what tends to follow after that like you just said you know try to be good i try to be clean and then i end up binging on something or I end up eating to a point where I'm super uncomfortable. And I get it. Like there's so much pressure. But if you're coming back from college, I think there's that pressure of maybe seeing, I don't know about both of you, but the night before Thanksgiving for us was always like, a high school reunion and you would go back and you would see everyone. So there was that pressure around looking a certain way for people you haven't seen in a while. And then maybe you're going to be around family members that are on a diet or making comments about their body or your body or whatever. So I understand that there is so much pressure and that's super valid. But I think, again, just kind of reflecting on your past experience, like, hey, every time I do do this, what kind of happens? Does it lead to a binge? Is there like a different way I could maybe approach this? Yes. Yes.
1: Everything, yes. And the other piece of this uh, post that you have on here is the stress aspect, where you have written out here, you know, after you start dieting and restricting, after maybe seeing a number that you were not expecting to see, you have it written very perfectly clearly as living in a chronic state of low level stress about weight and food. And so, one of the things, and we have an episode in season one with Janine Standish, Sam, um, where we talked about this so much. We all had this like, aha moment where when we recognize that the stress that we feel about weight or food um, or self or body is actually doing more harm than any food we could possibly eat and so just to like call that out clearly like that chronic stress that you're feeling from this experience or perhaps the holidays or upcoming situations is actually causing to your body and I don't think that we talk about that enough Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. and it's so ironic in that a lot of times we use food to cope with our stress so like it, it just is like this vicious cycle where you're stressed out about the food and then you use food to cope with the stress that you're feeling and you kind of just go round and round
0: I relate to that so much like I think back to my like disordered eating Sammy and like that is just like that's hitting the nail on the head. And so it's so like when clients say, but you don't understand, like, if I don't have control, right, then I'll eat everything in sight. And it's that natural fear that comes up with intuitive eating. But we, as we know, like, it's not going to be like that forever and we can yeah. make peace with food. Mm-hmm. You said something that I think was so, um, so good to, go back to. And I think now we know exactly when we're going to be releasing this episode. So let's talk Wednesday before Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> it's like the biggest party night of the year. It's like, the yeah. this is a terrible stat, but I think it's like the number one DUI is like every year they say, like it sets records. Sure. So we know people are partying and they're coming home and they're seeing friends and family members. So for those who are stressed about that or already thinking about seeing others, what words of wisdom would you have for them or or just any pieces of advice?
2: I would probably say the people that care to see you and that you care to see don't really care how you look. I mean, if you think about even just with the pandemic, if you went however many months or years or whatever, before you saw someone that you really love, like when you did see them, you were just happy to be near them. you were just happy to spend time together. And then the people that are judging you, like I I was, I kind of have had those thoughts in the past too, like, oh, I'm going to see so-and-so. I'm like, you were a complete jerk to me in high school. Why do I give a shit what you think about me? Like, who the f- who are you? You know, like the people that care and that are your people, the people that care about you and are your people will not care how you look. And the ones that do care how you look are not your people. So Chad, Chad from like, Social studies can just screw off. <laughs> I just don't know any Chads,
0: but you get the point. Fucking Chad, <laughs> fucking Chad. That needs to be the the name of this episode. <laughs> fucking Chad, Chad from social Chad studies. Off.
1: <laughs> that should be something that you start on TikTok. Start a new trend. Forget Karen. Let's go to
2: Chad. Chad. I've done a couple where I draw draw mustache on, and that seems to them. people seem to like that. So maybe that's like my new series. <laughs>
0: alter ego (laughs) yes the shit we do for tiktok man oh my
2: god sammy i don't know how you do it i i I don't know how
0: (laughs) i don't even know what you guys are talking about you also make videos all the time we do the same shit
2: you have a lot of more people commenting on tiktok the voices that she comes up with
1: kill me. And I, I, I was reading. I think I was like deep diving one of your comment sections once, and they were like, "Ooh, when she makes that voice, she sounds crazy." You're like, like that, and they were like ripping you on this voice. And I was like, "This is why you're all coming back, though." Like, yes.
0: So yes, right. engagement. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, I didn't e- I've never read that comment. Like, I have no right. idea. You don't read that. Like, I literally, like you said, like, no. And obviously, I love the people that are there to support. And I'm sure, as we all do, love our communities. But yeah, ooh, TikTok finds a lot of people that do not love and support us. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're doing something right. People often ask me, what is your favorite quick, easy, convenient breakfast idea. And my absolute favorite fall go-to has been frozen pumpkin waffles that I toast up in my toaster oven. I spread some 88 acres sunflower seed butter on top, sprinkle some chia seeds, top with some blueberries, and then finish it up with a nice drizzle of honey. This meal is the perfect combination of soft, creamy seed butter with those crunchy waffles and crisp berries. Right on top. And although I don't personally have food allergies, I absolutely love. All of the 88 Acres products, which just happen to be free of the top eight allergens, nine, including sesame. So to try out the magic, head over to 88acres.com forward slash WTAF and use code WTAF for 15% off site wide and make sure to DM us and let us know what product you like best.
1: Well, speaking of not TikTok at all or anything that has to do with anything we just said, Sam, you had an idea for this episode that you will explain way more eloquently than I could. Um, and I, I'm excited to hear Lauren's answer to it. So
0: yes, my
1: question. Yes. So I
0: feel like we've talked maybe we, I, and I should know this, but we've done so many episodes now, like going through a lot of the principles specifically, one being challenging the food police and but not only that thinking about like, okay, what type of eater are you? Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's, I think, I don't know if there's a whole chapter. There's definitely like parts in the intuitive eating book about like, what type of eater are you? And there's thinking about the clean your plate club, or I believe they, they categorize it in intuitive (laughs) eating as refuse not eater. So we're going to let Lauren just Calmly flip to that page and in the book. <laughs> like, and again, so what? What I, where I want to kind of pull from on this is everybody going home for Thanksgiving, right, or for any any holiday meal over the next few months. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure in families to. I know, like my husband has an Italian family. I come from a Greek family. It's like you clean your plate, you clean your second plate. Like, kind of growing up with those cues of like you're not air quotes full until you're very uncomfortable and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. leave the table until you finish that then feeling pressures, whether it's from loved ones or socially to like have a dessert or try something that someone cooked. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear from you for people that like, how do you define a clean your plate club eater or a fuse, not eater and how, what would be some tips or some things you think would be helpful for them to hear?
2: Well, if you'd like, I found it right in the book. I can read. (laughs) It's like I've got my handy dandy into the reading book. I've got copies all over the place. Okay. So on page 36, if you have the fourth edition, the refuse not unconscious eater. This eater is vulnerable to the mere presence of food, regardless if hungry or full. Candy jars, food lying around at meetings, food sitting on a counter, a kitchen counter will not usually be passed up by the refuse not unconscious eater. Most of the time, however, refuse not unconscious eaters are not aware that they are eating. Or how much they are eating for example the refuse not unconscious eater may pluck up a couple of candies on the way to the restroom without being aware of it social outings that revolve around food such as cocktail parties and holiday buffets are especially challenging for the refuse not unconscious eater so i think part of that stems from i think there's a couple of things like lack of mindfulness i think is a big um, theme in all things intuitive eating just being mindful of, like what's actually going on, how you're feeling, if you're hungry, if you want the food, if it sounds good, if it doesn't sound good. Um, I think some of that also comes from the like last supper mentality where if you feel like you shouldn't be eating something or if it's a holiday, this is the last time I'm going to get that. So I need to have it all now without paying attention to if I'm actually hungry or full. And then I think there's some of like the clean plate club where you grew up in a home where you were told that you have to finish all of your food, even if you're comfortably full uh, or beyond that. Um, or maybe you had to finish your food in order to get dessert or whatever it might have been. And then I think there's also the other part where you don't want to come off as rude and and culturally it's seen as offensive if somehow you don't finish everything on your plate. So I think there's kind of a couple of things at play, making sure that you're kind of being mindful, um, checking in with your body, giving yourself that permission to have what you want when you want it so that you don't have that last supper mentality. Um, And I think becoming comfortable with setting boundaries and articulating your needs with people around you and saying something, you know, if a family member is pushing something on you, especially around the holidays, maybe saying something like, um, this was, you know, this was so delicious. I'm like, I'm pretty comfortably full right now. And if I have any more, I'm going to be really uncomfortable. Do you think I could take some home though, so that I can enjoy it again tomorrow so that it's not coming across as, oh, I actually don't like your food, but it's just like, no, I like it. I just, I wanna respect my body and feel good. So yeah, what do you you guys think about that? I feel like there's a lot of kind of things at play in those situations.
1: I think you were the perfect person to answer this question because it was an amazing answer. And I think something that comes up for me is like, you're never going to make everyone in the room happy. Right. And we always focus on everyone else in the room except for ourselves. And like, I remember in my super disordered days, Thanksgivings or family functions or whatever it is people like commenting on my plate like oh if she's gonna eat that then i can too and it's it's like a lot of pressure or if it's like oh you're really gonna eat that it's like you can't you you're never going to please the room so we need to stop trying and like take that pressure off of ourselves and just honor like you said your body and again that example was very fucked up in the past of just my past disorder Jenna days. But mm-hmm. I think that a lot of our clients that are in recovery do feel a lot of pressure that people are, quote unquote, watching what they're eating. And it's mm-hmm. not fair. And mm-hmm. so somehow there needs to be a statement that says, keep your eyes off my fucking plate. Yes,
2: <laughs> yes, mind your damn business. And I think maybe it's maybe it's um, a body image with Bray for anyone that's Comes up in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I reference Brianna or Frisbee Harrison away. like every time I have a conversation but um and maybe it's not Brianna but I feel like it sounds like something she would say just putting other people's comfort be- before your own like I don't want to hurt someone's feelings even if it means that it causes me physical discomfort it's like we've been taught to do that when there's a way to articulate your needs and and also feel physically good
0: I love that. I think that's so important. And I don't and I forget if you just mentioned this before we even get to the clean your plate club part, but I think often people think that because of years past, right, and the patterns that they've developed around food and their relationship with food, they just are fearful going into Thanksgiving, thinking like I'm gonna eat everything and I'm out of control. And then I think this is where with intuitive eating, we can't talk about like one piece of it without blending another piece in, like, Do not go into your Thanksgiving dinner starving yourself like period because you will clean your plate because you're fucking hungry. And like, I think that's Mm -hmm. like an important thing to take note of where that has really nothing to do with necessarily the clean your plate club, except for make sure that you treat Thanksgiving day just as if it were a Monday or a Saturday or a vacation Mm -hmm. day or a work day or like every day is the same. Our body needs consistent fuel and hydration. And if you do not give it that on Thanksgiving day, you probably will clean your plate and a second plate and feel physically uncomfortable, but that's just because you were really hungry. And it's important to be able to kind of like differentiate that. Cause I know, just knowing where our listeners kind of struggle, similar to all of our past, like if you are restricting, if you are starving yourself, there's a very Mm -hmm. high chance of binging, at a holiday meal as well.
2: Yeah. And I think if we've all here been in that place where we've binged in the past, like maybe we've convinced ourselves, like I'm eating, I'm not restricting that much, but even just that mental restriction of, oh, I'm going to go into this meal and be quote unquote good or whatever, like even that can lead to a binge. But I think same with kind of what you were getting at was like, obviously all the principles of intuitive eating work together and build on each other. But that second principle being honor your hunger, like it's number two for a reason, right? Like you need to meet your body's need for food. So make sure you're doing that. Don't skip meals before you go into a Thanksgiving day.
0: You just setting yourself up for a stomachache. <laughs> yes. Feeling very, very physically unpleasant. Yes. Jenna, I see you're excited to talk, so I'm handing it over to you.
1: No, I just love this conversation. It's like What's coming up for me is just like the previous Thanksgiving that I've had when I was living in that very disordered state. And there's just so many ways we could take this conversation if we're focusing on this holiday. And I think the reality is I don't even know what it is, but I, I think the most important thing to drive home is really a conversation on setting boundaries. And we just released a podcast episode about that um, a couple of weeks ago. But the truth is, it's like you don't owe anyone in the room anything or any explanation like nobody needs to know about your relationship with food i have a sticker on my water bottle sam i know you have this in shirts like i don't give a fuck about your diet like i don't want to talk about my food preferences like I, the most unsettling thing for me is really what it comes back to what you said before, Lauren, like when you haven't seen people in a long time, like why are we talking about food and our diets or, you know, the things that we're not eating when we can talk about all of these other things that are happening in the world or in our lives are exciting things. And that's really where the conversation needs to change. And maybe where we take the rest of this episode, it's like, what are a couple tidbits that we can share, with our listeners for things that they can say to rude family members or friends or people that are making these
2: comments (laughs) i mean i think so much of how you respond really has a lot to do with your relationship with the person like have you had conversations with them in the past about what you're going through and what you're trying to recover from or is this a very new fresh conversation is this a random uncle that just makes weird comments and um, or is it a friend, you know? So I think it's like assessing who you're talking to and, um, you know, reflecting on the conversations you've had in the past. I, I think there's Claire, Claire tuning, chew, chewing, tuning, tuning, yes. She, she did have like a funny, uh, reel probably like a year ago, but it was like how to respond to comments. And one of them that really stuck out to me was just like completely changing the topic. And I think she was outside eating and she's like, Oh look, the squirrel, like just completely like changing it to something else you know where like if someone says um oh my jeans aren't gonna fit blah 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 like saying something like oh my gosh i actually just went to this new store called blah 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 and got this like have you ever heard of it or have you got whatever just like using something in the sentence that they said as an opportunity to start talking about something else you know i think some people um might respond with like a snarky comment some people might say like my keep your eyes on your own plate or my body's not up for discussion. Um, but again, I think it really is up to the person's kind of like comfort level and, you know, who they're talking to. I think the changing the, co- the, the topic can be can be good or just getting up and like walking away, getting more food or like going to the bathroom or something. What do you guys think?
0: I love all of those. I always, I always reference the fake phone call, just like pretend like somebody's calling you and be like, sorry, I got to take this and just go. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I think it comes down to your relationship with the person. Also your personality. Like, are you a smart ass? Are you funny? Sure. Are you snarky? Like, how would you normally respond? But I think totally. a big part of it, which we're talking about right now, which is awesome for every single person listening is role playing it. And I know that's something we all do with our clients is. Like right now, somebody is listening to this podcast and this is your opportunity to role play. What is the worst case scenario of what a loved one or a family member could say to me? And then thinking, maybe pulling out your phone and putting some things in your phone notes of like, just like Lauren said, like changing the subject and walking away, fake phone call, going to grab seconds, you know, whatever it is. So when that happens, we don't let the emotional response take over and then we don't get to react in a way that like serves or honors what we would want to say. Because I think sometimes when people say that something, let's say about the keto diet or pants not fitting or whatever, we have this emotional response and we want to like either yell at them, hit them, um, get upset, you know, whatever it is. And so I think it's like role-playing it and taking a deep breath and knowing that you have these little tools in your toolbox. So then it's like, it's not surprising when people say this shit and you can get out of the conversation and get away. Totally. Yeah. Being prepared because especially if you have a family that, you know,
2: that always comes up in, I think role-playing preparation is definitely key.
1: Smart. It's really smart and so helpful and if you guys listening don't feel comfortable doing it with a friend, record yourself. Right, like do it in front of the camera or on Zoom with yourself staring at the camera. It could be a good way to just like hear yourself saying those words confidently and like mm-hmm. knowing that you're capable of doing that. Sometimes I find that with clients that I've worked with in the past, like we tell them these things and they're like, "I I can't do that," and it's like you have to visualize yourself being capable of doing the task. And sometimes it's mm-hmm. really just seeing yourself do it, and so videotaping can be really helpful. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And I think knowing, too, that, like, boundaries are hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're so hard, especially for the fellow people pleasers out there. And so, like, like you said, Jenna, if someone just jumps, like, I can't do that. Like, you can. It just, it's okay if it's, like, really uncomfortable at first. Um, mm-hmm. And especially setting boundaries with family or loved ones. Like, that can be some of, those can be some of the hardest people to set boundaries with. Um just know like it's okay if it doesn't come easy to you
2: i think what's hard too in a situation like a family holiday meal is that there's other people around it's one thing to have a conversation with like your mom about setting boundaries and uh, maybe having her not make comments on your body or whatever it is but when there's 15 people around and someone sits people down yells something at you across the table like it's a very different dynamic than it would be one-on-one. So I think that definitely adds like a layer of stress to the situation. Yeah. And this is
1: like potentially the first year in two, maybe that larger family gatherings safely are are happening. So there could be more fear and anxiety or stress around them if that is what's going on for you listening just know that you're not alone um and we have lots of podcast episodes to
0: support you (laughs) yes basically if you see the word boundaries in any podcast just (laughs) click that one and go take a listen um so lauren for anyone who's listening that just really wants to learn more from you i'm sure they already follow you but if not where is the best place that they can find you
2: They can find me on Instagram at feelgooddietitian or on TikTok, feelgooddietitian. I also have a website, laurencadillac.com.
1: Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you
2: and we will see you next week for a lot more fun.